Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. It's good to see you all this morning. I know we're getting back into the swing of things with school starting up this week. We've got a few families that are taking some last-minute vacations. Amen. Anyone get to take a vacation this year? Anyone already been on a trip? Good. Amen. You look, you look like you have. You look rested. You look relaxed. And um, I asked that because um, uh, where I'm going today is just going to kind of get us prepared for what God wants to do through this ministry here this fall. Um, I'm really just going to kind of share from my heart today. We're going to take some time to look at a few things in God's word concerning where we want to go. But today I kind of want to discuss the line of vision for Anchor Faith Church. And the first thing I need to address is the fact that when we say Anchor Faith Church, I'm not just talking about this location, this body, the people that you see week in and week out, this address, this city. We're talking about something that's way bigger than what we have here today. Um, And we have some new faces. We have some that uh, this may be the first time that you've really heard the vision of Anchor Faith Church outlined. And so uh, we just want to take some time to speak in terms of what God is wanting to do wanting to do through this ministry and uh, concerning the vision. Go to Habakkuk chapter 2. I know it's not one of those everyday books, um, but I promise you it's in there. It's one of those where you flip back and forth and you're like, it's not here. Someone took it out of my Bible. They gave me a Bible that doesn't have Habakkuk, but I promise it's in there. And um, I want to look at chapter 2, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, and Obviously, if uh, you know, you can look at it on U version. If you have an iPad or a smart device, if you have a dumb device, I'm sorry, it's not, it's not capable of handling that. But if you have a smart device, you can find it there. You can see it up on the screen. And in verse two, it says, "And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he who may run, that he may run who reads it." Write the vision, make it plain, so that he may run who reads it. You notice here that the vision is meant to be run with. The vision is not meant to just be looked at and then put to the side. The vision is meant to be dealt with. The vision is given to us so that we can run with whatever God is giving a vision to us of. Now, we think of vision sometimes, and we think of, you know, those type of visions where you see something or... Uh, you know, you have trances or whatever, but this is talking particularly about a vision that God gives you about something you're supposed to do or something you're supposed to impact. And so we've got to understand what vision is because when we talk about vision, uh, we, we tend to put limits on it. Sometimes we think that God will only give us vision based upon what we're currently capable of doing, but you'll actually find in God's word that when God gives someone a vision, it's beyond what they're current natural abilities and capabilities are vision always talks about something that you currently cannot see so you can't get vision and sight mixed up sight deals with what you currently can see what is currently possible what you're currently able to do vision deals with what you cannot see vision goes beyond sight So when we talk about vision, 
And when I talk about where this ministry is headed and what's going on with this ministry and the three different plans that God has assigned to this ministry particularly, it's going to be beyond what you currently see. It was beyond what we saw in 2004 when the, version, when the, the vision was laid out. And it's still currently beyond that because God is always dealing with future. God never deals with present and he never deals with past. When God spoke to Abraham, he dealt with him concerning who he was going to be, not who he was. Because if we only base it on who he was, he would never have been a father of many nations. He would have never left his home and gone to a land that God was going to show him as he journeyed. See, we want God to tell us, okay, give me... Give me the map. Show me the address. Show me where I'm supposed to go. And God says, just go, and I'll lead you from there. So vision requires very dedicated faith and trust in God to see it come through. Because when it all is said and done, it's, got, it's up to God to get it done. He just needs us to run with it. And so we have to run with the vision that God gives us. Vision is not based upon sight. It's not based upon what you current, currently see. Vision always looks at what cannot be seen. Vision looks at something and sees what it can be. Vision looks at something and sees what it can be. Sight looks at something and sees what it is. So if you use your sight and look at Anchor Faith Church today, you're going to look at it based upon where you're at today, based upon where you came in. I heard one pastor say that, uh, most people that uh, go into church, they base it based upon the level they came in at. So if they came in and there was only 10 people, they'll always view the church as being a church with 10 people, and they'll always expect it to do the things that it did when it ran smaller. But then the one that comes in and there's a 1,000 people, they'll always view it as, oh, this is a big church, and so this is what it's going to be able to do when we have to learn to address, adjust with the vision as we go. That's, what's called, that's why it says run with the vision. Don't stay in the same place with the vision because the vision never stays in the same place. If the vision is always something that we're pursuing and chasing after, then that means we have to be pursuing it. We have to be running with it. So vision looks at it and says, this is what it can be. When God looks at Anchor Faith Church, he says, this is what it can be. And so we have, to get, we have to grab a hold of the vision. And so that's why he's telling Habakkuk here, write down the vision and make it clear to the people so that they can run with it. So this morning, I want to write down the vision for you, and I want to make it clear so that you can run with it, so that you can fully understand what God has called us to do. Because, look, if God has called you to be a part of Anchor Faith Church, then he's called you to be a part of everything we're doing. You'll find that at this church, it, 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 it's, it, it's difficult to be just a casual church member and come in and out and, and go as you please because God has a definition for church that's way different than the definition that we have today. And what has happened is man has tried to redefine what God has already defined, and the problem is, is that when God defines something, it's eternal. You can't ever change that definition. And so you'll find in uh, Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, we've heard this all year long, and we're really just kind of staying in a vein here, but Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, you find out what Jesus was interested in. Anybody want to be interested in what Jesus is interested in? Anybody want to 
take on the Father's interests? Well, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus is speaking to Peter. He has just proclaimed to Jesus and the other disciples, the other 11, that you are Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Messiah. And so Jesus tells him that he's blessed. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this. And then in verse 18, he says, and I also say to you, I'm glad he also said something. I'm glad he didn't just stop there. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We'll stop right there. I will build my church. I'm going to tell you right now, that is the only thing Jesus is interested in, and he's building it. And he hasn't delegated it to anybody else to build his church. And it's his church. It belongs to him. It's not man's church. It's not a name or an organization. It is his church by definition. And he says, I will build it. So Jesus is building his church. He's not building a prayer meeting. He's not building a committee. He's not building an organization. He's not building a Bible study. He said, I will build my church. And so Anchor Faith Church wants to be interested in what Jesus is interested in. Now, I'm not saying other churches aren't interested in what Jesus is. I am saying that we are going to truly find out what a church is and what a church should look like. We're going to define it by God's word, not by what we see or by what other people have done. And then we are going to apply that in everything that we do. And we want to run with the vision that God has given us. And God has clearly laid out the vision, so we want to clearly lay it out to you. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, to show you the priority of vision, to show you the importance of vision. Proverbs 29, verse 18, in the King James Version, says where there is, uh, or the New King James says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. The King James Version says where there is no Vision, the people will perish. They're not perishing because the devil got them. They're not perishing because, uh, you know, there's just so much evil going on in the world. They're perishing because there's no vision. Vision gives you something to live for. Gives you, vision gives you something to run with. And so if we don't have a clear vision, we will perish. God's people will perish. Although we have all provision, although we have all resource, Although we have the kingdom of God backing us up, we will perish if we don't clearly understand the vision of something. And so we see that there is a high priority on vision, understanding the vision, and identifying what God has called us to do specifically. And so in 2004, the vision began in April of 2004 with pastors Earl and Marcy Glisson. And they began that church. They moved there in October of the previous year, in 2003, knew that God had called them to start a church. And so Anchor Faith Church first opened its doors on Easter in 2004. And there were several, several people, not seven people, several people, it was more than seven people, that came alongside and said, we want to come alongside this church, this vision, and see it grow. Uh, when I got there two months later, there were 17 people. They began in a middle school there in St. Augustine, Florida. 
and we came alongside a vision. I didn't come alongside a man. I didn't come alongside a name or an organization. I came alongside a vision, as we all did. People moved from Oklahoma. People moved from Texas. People moved uh, from other states. People moved from other cities within Florida. There were people that were driving for a year or so from other cities to do church and then finally moved and relocated for the church in 2004. And so God gave us, God gave Pastor Earl and Marcy a vision for the church and it was threefold. It was to ignite the city, impact the nation, and influence the world. So we knew instantly this ministry and what God is calling this church to do is much larger than what we currently see. That was vision. If we only were moved by sight, we're in a middle school and we have 17 people. <laughs> That's what sight does for you. And if you only run with sight, if you only run with what you currently, look, you can apply this to your own life. God has given you a vision of your own life. I venture to say that you guys uh, uh, most of you in this room, God has shown you something that's way bigger than what you're currently doing and seeing and, and operating in currently. You know there's greater influence inside of you. You know, you know that there's a greater call. You know that there's something that God wants you to do with your life, and it's bigger than where you're currently at. In fact, your current situation may be completely contrary to what God has told you to do. Well, I'll just go ahead and let you know you're in good standing. You're in a good group. Because Noah was in, a, was in that situation. Moses was in that situation. Abraham was in that situation. Jesus was in that situation. But they all ran with the vision, knowing that if I stay with the vision, it will come to pass and it will change what I currently see. Paul said that the things that we see, they're temporary. The things that we cannot see are eternal. Temporary means subject to change. Well, how do you change the temporary? By getting hold of what's permanent, eternal. That's the unseen. Well, the vision is unseen. Today, we're beginning to see more of that vision take place. We're seeing uh, all entities take place, but we know that it's still even greater than what we currently see today. And so the church began in 2004, and we were just running with what God had given us. We knew Ignite the City, Impact the Nation, Influence the World. We didn't try to do all three of those things. We started where we were, Ignite the City. Let's get a hold of St. Augustine. And so the church began to grow, began to move into different locations. And today, down in St. Augustine, they are now running around 250 to 300 on a regular basis every weekend. It's awesome what God is doing down there. Against trial, against people coming and going, against people... Uh, you know, that want to come up against something, uh, against all, uh, I mean, against the county itself. You know, sometimes God calls you to be somewhere where the people there don't want you to be, or the city don't even want you to be. Ask the Israelites about that. They went to a promised land that belonged to them, yet somebody else was living in it. And sometimes we get discouraged because God has promised us something. God has given us a vision for something. And then when we actually get there, we find out that someone else is in it. Well, you can be like the 10 spies who said, well, let's turn around and go home. Somebody's already here. Or you can be like the two, Joshua and Caleb, and say, hey, we're strong enough. We're well able. This thing's already been given to us. There's someone else in our stuff. 
Somebody else has got, someone else is eating on my land. Someone else is building a home on my stuff. Somebody else is possessing what belongs to me. But God never allows a natural situation to take away from something he's already promised. God didn't say, oh, man. I mean, I had set it aside. This was the promised land. I don't know why anybody, I don't know what they're doing here. Well, let's see if we can find another promised land. No, that was the promised land. And regardless of what was happening in the natural, it was the promised land because God said it. And God's vision, God's purpose is eternal, meaning it's going to happen. Many are the plans that a man has in his own heart, but it's God's purpose that will last forever. We've seen that in Proverbs. So regardless of what plans man makes, we're going to stick with God's purpose. Regardless of what trials come against us, we're going to stick with God's purpose. And we want you to be able to run clearly with what God is doing here at Anchor Faith Church in this city. And so as the ministry began to grow, more people came on board and uh, got assigned with what God was doing. We had other people that were uh, relocating. We have uh, uh, Randy and Melanie Clay with us who had relocated from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Their son, Josh, Joshua, he was already there. Caleb came with them. People began to relocate for the ministry, even after the initial startup and beginning of the church. And this continued to happen. But we knew all along that there are still two entities of this vision that need to take place, impact the nation and influence the world. And when I moved to St. Augustine, Pastor Earl knew that I was called to full-time senior pastor ministry, that I was one day going to pastor a church. Now, I'll tell you right now, when I got to Florida, the plan looked way different than what we're doing today. But that's how God works. God loves to mix up your stuff. God loves to get down in there and say, oh, you think you got it figured out here? Because I'm thinking, man, this is a plan. I'm fresh out of Bible school. I'm going to come and I'm going to give all my spiritual stuff to Pastor Earl. Man, we're going to blow this thing up and then uh, you know, I'm going to go back to Texas and I'm going to start a church. That was, that was my plan. That's what I thought. That's where we're going with this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go start a church in Texas. Because, you know, when you leave Texas, I mean, if you're from Texas, you're born there, you're always a Texan. It, you, you know, you can't get it out of you. You all say the same thing for the places you're from, too, so don't even act like we're all by ourselves the only person that i know that has fully denounced where he's from and has taken on another state is joshua clay he doesn't even want to he doesn't even want people to know he's from oklahoma he don't even want anybody to know that where are you from from florida man i'm a beach guy no you ain't no you ain't you're from the back roads of sand springs oklahoma so anyways that's what happens when god calls you Things change. And so I just decided I'm just going to run with the vision. And it was a little rough starting out when God starts messing with your stuff and, and you're trying to hook up with that. But I became, I became pliable and teachable to what God wanted to do. And I remember one day on St. Augustine Beach at a little restaurant called Cafe 11, uh, Pastor Earl and I had lunch 
And this time, I've just been playing drums, serving in the children's ministry, doing doing different things. Uh, I think I was teaching in, in the Bible school that we had down there, School of Life. <clears throat> and uh, we had a conversation about what I was going to do after Anchor Faith Church, where I thought God was leading. And so I told him, yeah, you know what? I still feel like I'm called to Texas. I still feel like, you know, at some point we'll, I'll end up there and, and pastor a church there, um, you know, and, and, and the training that I'm receiving here. I, I didn't have a time frame. I knew at that time it, it wasn't time. I knew that, you know, this we're talking years down the road. But I felt like that was the plan. And he asked me, he said, do you have a name for the church? I didn't have a name for the church, I, you know. I, I don't know what we... You know, whatever. So I said, you know, right now, you know, obviously I haven't even got that far in the vision and the mission of what God's called us to do. And he said, what do you think about doing Anchor Faith Church in Texas? And I said, you're moving to Texas? <laughs> I said, How do we do that? Because at this time, it was a foreign concept to put one church in multiple locations. Now, you, you you know, it's a little more common. Now you see that a little bit more where churches are opening up satellite campuses and whatnot. But at this time, you know, I'm thinking, so you're going to pick this thing up? Uh, you know, things not going good here in Florida. What's going on here? I thought you left the beach. I thought you wanted to be. And so he said, no, what, we're, what I'm talking about is I feel that the wave of impact the nation is taking the vision and the mission of Anchor Faith Church and putting it in multiple cities across the United States. Now, when we say impact the nation, you, you, you know, you're thinking of, you know, okay, we're, we're going to go on TV and, you know, we're going to, uh, you know, go live with what's going on in Florida and people all over the nation can grab a hold of it. Or you're going to travel to other states and other cities and minister. But, it was a foreign concept at the time to take a vision of one church and put it in another location. Well, right there, that jumped, and, that, and I said, that's pretty awesome. And so from that day on, we began talks of franchise, franchising the ministry, just like you franchise Chick-fil-A, just like you franchise a Chili's. You've got the same thing, but you, when you walk into a Chili's in California or Georgia, you know what you're getting for the most part. When you walk into a Chick-fil-A, the menu looks the same. The items look the same. And so we began to pray about this idea and this concept of taking one vision, one mission, training up people in that, and then planting them in other locations. Well, you know, in the last several years, uh, you know, just recently, we've seen a lot of what churches are doing where they have one home campus and then they open up other campuses mostly within the same city and they are bringing in either a live feed or you know they're showing some type of video footage of the home campus to the other ones and this began to come up this began began to become more popular and so Pastor Earl and I began to, you know, pray and continue to discuss about this model and, and what we were wanting to do. And we decided that although there is a benefit to doing that and you are reaching people, that wasn't what God called us to do. 
we knew that our primary focus was going to be investing in individuals and then planting them and allow them to be able to pastor just like Paul did. That's what Paul did. When Paul knew his time was up, he got someone up under him and trained him up to take the church and to carry on that vision and that mission. Because God's vision is way bigger than one person. God's vision is way beyond the individual. And although, can, can God get a word to you through a TV set or a computer? Absolutely. But we're missing out on a level of investment and an anointing that an individual can bring. See, it's not about me. It's about the anointing and the power that I bring by operating in his will. And you guys get to receive that. Sure, we could just put Anchor Faith Church up here on the screen every Sunday from St. Augustine, and you can watch that. But we understand the importance of an individual investment in people's lives. And so we decided, you know what, that's not the model. That's not the concept. We're going to train people up. We're going to invest in them, and then we're going to plant, the, plant them in another location, and it'll still be that vision, that mission in that church. We've had the greatest testimony in the last year, uh, and just recently, just two weeks ago, you may remember we had a few people up from St. Augustine. And the greatest testimony that every time someone says it, me and Pastor Earl, we get on the phone with each other and we're like, man, that's it. That was what we wanted. They come up here and they say, it's just like I'm back home with family. They say, they say that it's just like Anchor Faith Church in St. Augustine, just here. And not just visually, not just with logos and, and names of ministries and classrooms, because we have a different flair than what's in St. Augustine. But the word is the same. The presence and the power is the same. And that's what we want. When you walk into a Chick-fil-A, regardless of where you're at, you still have the same feeling, the same atmosphere, same environment you're surrounded by. And so that's what we wanted. And so, you know, we always get on, each, you know, get on the phone with each other and say, man, you know, I, I heard just a couple weeks ago that uh, there was the, the few that were up here the previous week, Pastor Earl had them get up in service last week and talk about their experience because he was talking about the vision down there and talk about the experience of coming up here. And same thing. Man, it's awesome to see what God is doing in Valdosta. I'm telling you right now, there are people down in St. Augustine, two hours away from us, 180 miles away from us, that are excited about what God is doing here, thrilled about it, can't wait to get up here and visit, can't wait to get up here and see what God is doing. And you ought to be excited, vice versa, for what's going on in St. Augustine. It's one vision, one church, multiple locations. And so we began to discuss how do we go about this and always had Texas. Well, what he didn't know is in about 2009, I began, I began feeling release from Texas. In fact, I went to Texas in May of 2009, I believe it was. It might have been 2010. I had come up to Valdosta. Pastor Brian was here at the time and come up to Valdosta and uh, went to a, uh, we did a, um, uh, I don't know, three or four days of services, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, 
Wednesday, and we had different speakers in. Pastor Earl came in, and our worship team from St. Augustine came up for the entire beginning of that week to do worship. And that was in February. In May of that year, I went to Texas. And it just didn't feel like home for some reason. And I was home. I was in my home city where I went to high school, where I grew up, where all my friends are. And just felt, not that I didn't feel like home, but it didn't feel like this is where I'm coming back to. Began to feel that draw. And Pastor Earl knows nothing about this. About the week after I got back, Pastor Earl came up here to do like a little leadership thing with a few of the team that were here in Valdosta at the time. And I don't know why. He just mentioned it in a meeting, and I called him after the meeting, and I said, hey, can I go with you? And I didn't even really know why I was asking that. I don't know what the connection was. But at the time, I was thinking, you know, he's doing leadership stuff. I want to be able to be a part of that. You know, I want to get all the investment I can. Um, And at this time, I was full-time staff, so I could just come on board. And he said, sure. He came up for two days. He came up for a, a Monday and a Tuesday. And did those meetings. So, I, you know, just another connection. Well, later that year, Pastor Brian and Cheyenne were here. And they announced that they were going to be transitioning out of pastoring this church. Uh, Pastor Earl announced it specifically. And that's when, uh, you know, he basically said, we're going to, you know, we, we're going to decide on what we're going to do about the church. Is this, is this where God wants Anchor Faith Church? Is this where God wants us to be? Is this an area of influence and impact in the nation that God wants us to do? Well, again, when he said that, there was a connection that just jumped inside of me. And so I went home and told my wife, I said, you know, this is what's happening in Valdosta. You know, nobody knows about it yet. And, um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, what do you think? And we talked about it, and we were just like, are we the ones? Are we supposed to go up there and take it? At the time, we were full-time children's pastors. Had only been on staff with them for two years in that position. And um, so we talked about it. Well, the next morning, I come in the office. And uh, I'm just in the office doing my thing. And Pastor Earl comes in. He comes straight to my office. And he says, hey, I need to see you in my office. Okay. You know, for some people, that might be a scary thing. But I knew instantly... I think he's going to talk about Valdosta. And so we go back and sit down, and he says, so, uh, you know, we, we announced about Valdosta yesterday. I said, yep. I said, I already know what you're going to ask. He goes, oh, really? I said, yeah, we're, we're thinking about are we the ones. And he's like, yep, sure am. What do you think? I said, well, you know, in fact, I had the same thing yesterday in the meeting and went home and talked to my wife about it, and, you know, we're, we're praying about it. You know, and if that's what you're feeling too, then there's definitely some confirmation there, so we're going to start filling this thing out. So we began to, to pray and talk about it on a regular basis. What do you think? What do you think? And we gave it about two months, and it was about December of that year. This was in October. It was about December of that year where – we kind of gave the, the go-ahead of, yeah, so how do we transition this thing? How do we make it happen? And so for, most of you know, for the entire year of 2011, Pastor Earl took over this church 
uh, well, not the entire year, from January to October. And the goal was to transition it from Pastor Brian to us. Pastor Brian and Cheyenne, they went down to St. Augustine. And here's the thing. When you you got to understand how God puts you in the body as it pleases him. God knows exactly where you will be the most effective. He knows. God knows exactly where you need to be. God knows exactly what he needs you to do. God has an assignment and a purpose waiting for you. If you read our little brochure that we've made up, that thing is filled with, we are here to help you discover your purpose. That's what everybody's looking for. Everybody on the face of the planet, I don't care how much money you make. I don't care what your background or pedigree is. I don't care where you went to school or if you didn't go to school or didn't finish school. Everybody's looking for their purpose. What is my purpose? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? People want to influence other people. And so that's why we're here, to help people discover their purpose and get in the fit or the assignment that God wants to put them in. And if you don't get in God's fit, you'll find yourself throwing a fit because it will completely be contrary to what God wants you in. And so Pastor Brian and Cheyenne are doing a phenomenal job down in St. Augustine. Pastor Brian is over Kingdom Institute. They've got more students lined up than they've ever had down there. And we're getting ready to bring it up here this fall, just a few more weeks. Pastor Cheyenne's over the preschool that we operate Monday through Friday down there. They're blowing up. They can't even, they don't even have space for all the kids. Last I heard, they were, they were possibly looking at a, a second location to put the preschool. Awesome stuff that God will do. Now, and that does not mean that the people that were in it before weren't doing their job. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I planted, Apollos watered, but it's God who brings the increase. See, none of it is to our credit. None of it is to our credit. If we all go in it with, I want to glorify God, then you will serve your purpose. And so, Pastor Vanessa was the one that was over the preschool before, operated at a great level. And sometimes, you know, we get this thing, oh, wow, it's really, it's really taken off now. Maybe they were there to just get the thing set up. Maybe they were there to plant, and now someone else has come into water. But it's not to the credit of Pastor Brian that Kingdom Institute is the way it is today. It's to God. God brings the increase. Somebody planted. Somebody came in and is now watering. God brings the increase. The preschool, somebody planted, somebody's watering, God brings the increase. Somebody planted this church in 2008. Somebody's watering the church in 2013. But it's God that's bringing the increase. And he will bring the increase because he loves to get the glory. He loves to get the credit. He loves to show off. That's what God wants to do. God loves to reach and change people's lives. And so we're seeing people get aligned and get in their fit properly in the assignment that the Holy Spirit has for them. 
The Bible says that it pleases God when you get in your fit and in your assignment. It pleases God when you run with the vision. He's pleased by that. And so in 2011, Pastor Earl took over the church. We originally wanted to give at least a year, if not a year. We were looking at more like 15 months before the full transition. Well, the, the, everything happened so smoothly and flowed so quickly in 2011 that we got to October and we said, this is it. This is the time. And so my wife and I, we moved up here in September, took the church in October officially, and we've been running ever since. Because God knows how to orchestrate things. God knows how to maneuver things and work things where people's lives will be of benefit. And so we've been here ever since. So we have run with the vision. We have taken what was in St. Augustine, what was birthed into us. Uh, both my wife and I have been there since just about day one. I got there July 4th weekend. She showed up towards the end of July, and we've been running with the vision ever since with what God is doing there. Instilled in us in what Anchor Faith Church is all about, what Anchor Faith Church is doing, what Anchor Faith Church is accomplishing, and how do we go about accomplishing? What are the non-negotiables? What are the things that we will not compromise on, we will not budge on? What are the things that we can begin to incorporate that will give people a great experience? And began to look at those things. And so when we came here, we came here fully equipped, fully able to do what God has called us to do and to advance the kingdom of God in this city. But now there's a third fold. Let me read this real quick. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Verse 14. Verse 14. <laughs> you are the light of the world. How many of you remember the verse where Jesus says, I am the light of the world? Isn't it interesting here now he's saying, you are the light of the world? I can't go through all of it, but Jesus went to heaven, but he left his body in the earth in the form of me and you. You know, we sing those songs, I, I am the hands, I am the feet, I am the mouth. But I don't know we really fully comprehend what that means. You are Jesus in the earth. When someone comes into contact with you, they have just come into contact with Jesus. You are the light of the world. As the church, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill and cannot be hidden. We are in St. Augustine. We are in Valdosta today to be a light that cannot be hidden. That's why we're here. We are here to lead people to the kingdom of God. And it may look different than what you know about church. It may look different than the church you came from. It may look different, but I can tell you this. Our number one goal is to be his church, not just a church. 
Putting church on the side of your building does not make you church. And we're here to teach people not how to do church, go to church. We want people to be the church. I put it this way. The church came to 2314 Highway 84 this morning. You're the church. You just came here. This doesn't, this could be anything. This could be an office space. This could be a warehouse. But God has brought his church here, and we are having church. But when we walk through those doors and go back out, we don't stop being the church. We don't wait till next Sunday or Wednesday night to go to church again. The church is going out into all the world, making disciples. You'll find here that our interest is not only in getting people in the kingdom, but it's teaching them and training them in the culture of the kingdom of God so that they can now influence others for the kingdom of God. We have an interest in what God is interested in. God is interested in three things. And I want to be interested in those three things. God is interested in people being born again and coming into the kingdom. He wants to see the lost transferred into light. He wants Colossians 1.13 to take place. And they've been transferred from darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. But God is also interested in not just getting you in the kingdom, but you growing up spiritually and allowing what has taken place on the inside to show up on the outside. Oh, so you're, 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 not, you're not real concerned about all the lost and dying people? You want to you just go get them saved by the hundreds and go... Go get them saved. You're getting them saved by the hundreds, but you're leaving them out to die by the hundreds. No, we have an interest in seeing people trained up and to grow up spiritually and stop doing the things that you used to do and start putting on the kingdom and being a light in your world. Well, how do I change the world? Change your world. Change your neighborhood. Change your job. Change your family. We all have that. If everybody did their part in their locale, their location, it would change the world. We try to do so much and we try to we, we end up spreading ourselves so thin. We gotta go to India and we gotta give to Africa and we gotta touch Asia and we gotta do this and do that. What about your backyard? There's someone lost and dying, there's someone contemplating killing himself tonight that doesn't know Jesus. But then we've got to train them up. We've got to grow them up. We want to disciple people. He said to make disciples, not converts. He didn't say, go, out, go into all the world just telling people about my name and get them to say a prayer with you. That's not what he said. He said, don't just bring people to me. Get people to look like me. We're not just bringing people to Jesus. We're getting people to live like Jesus. Do what Jesus did. Think like Jesus thought. Talk like Jesus did. And then thirdly, he wants to see people baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. That is an interest that God has. Because without the Holy Spirit, you are not empowered to do any kingdom work. 
Show me one thing anybody in the New Testament did without the power of the Holy Spirit. Not even Jesus himself started ministry until the Holy Spirit descended upon him. Jesus didn't touch one person. Jesus didn't do one miracle until he came up out of that water and received the Holy Spirit. The disciples, the apostles, they didn't do one thing without first receiving the Holy Spirit because it empowers you for kingdom work. So those are the three things that God is interested in. Those are the three things we're interested in. Every person that walks through our doors, we're interested in you coming into the kingdom and being born again. We're interested in developing you, training you to live the kingdom life, to grow up spiritually. And we're interested in you receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that you can be empowered to do the work of the kingdom where you're at. So you don't have to talk to someone at work who's got cancer in their body and they just found out and say, well, hey, you should come to church with me and talk to Pastor Mark. No, you can say, well, hey, let's pray right now. Let's take care of that right now. Be the church. That's a greater testimony than someone being laid hands on in this service in receiving healing is, hey, Pastor Mark, yesterday I was at work and they had a really bad headache and I just prayed with them real quick and the headache went. That's a greater testimony to me because that's someone being the church, not waiting to come to church. That's someone that just took church and made it a lifestyle rather than event. So, the third entity of this vision influenced the world. And this is one that we have just recently begun to step into. This is one that we have just recently begun to operate in. Here's why you need to know this. The vision has to be made plain so that you can run with it. You have a part to play in everything Anchor Faith Church is doing, not just what's happening here. Well, I work with the kids today. That's great. But you know that you're also with people right now in Puerto Rico? We've got a team of people right there with Pastor Arnell and Vanessa who planted this church, this assignment, this vision, this mission in Umacao, Puerto Rico. Same year we moved here, summer of 2011. They're going to Puerto Rico and they've planted a church. And it's been a lot of work. And they're tilling ground, and they will be for a while. you got to fight traditions and cultures in other nations, but they're doing it. We've got a team that's over there right now that goes about twice a year to help them do events, help them do ministry. Yesterday they did a, a little kids' carnival just out in the streets, had families coming in and out because we're a part of that. That's what we do. And at our level of growth, at what we have going on and, and where we're at right now, we're not quite sending people out, but we will be. We'll be having trips to Puerto Rico. We'll be having trips to Nicaragua and the other places that God has called us. Influence the world. God has called this church to one specific area of the world. Because, again, if we all touch the areas God has called us to, see, they... Jesus didn't tell Peter and John to learn how to build a plane so they could go to North America. He told them to go to Judea and Samaria 
and the surrounding parts right around you. Then other people showed up like Paul, Timothy, and Silas, and they started going to Rome and Greece. They started going to more cities that weren't named there in Acts chapter 1. And then as they invested in people, then it began to spread into Spain and Germany and France, England. And now we have Christianity all around the world. Why? Because somebody said, I'm going to touch my part. I'm going to invest in where I'm at and watch it spread. And so we're going to invest in where God has called us to, and he has called us to the Caribbean. God told Pastor Earl, every country that touches the Caribbean Sea, that's where I want you. And so we minister to countries such as Puerto Rico, Nicaragua. We'll get into Guatemala, Honduras, Panama. That's our area of influence. That's where God has called us to. And so influencing the world, we have begun to see this phase just in the last two or three years. I just told you about Puerto Rico. Pastors Arnell and Vanessa Cintron are down there with their three kids doing that ministry, planning that church, growing that church. They're just as what we're doing here. But we just had a team, and we've had teams now, I think it's been at least three years, maybe even four or five that we've been going to Nicaragua on a regular basis. We've been going there for a while now. And now we have specifically hooked up with a man there by the name of Frank. And then a long Spanish last name. <laughs> I've got his card and I could read it to you, but it wouldn't sound right, so there's no point. Frank. We call him Uncle Frank because he is the uncle of a lady that attends our church in St. Augustine. He has a ministry there called Peniel where he ministers to men coming off the streets that are dealing with addictions, just came out of jail, that are uh, going through issues. It's a camp for men. And we got hooked up with him several years ago. And every time we go back, that strengthens and tightens our connection there. I was just there in March myself. Most of you know that. Went to Nicaragua and ministered to the men there, to the leadership there. And we just had a team come back this last weekend that was just there. We're influencing the world. We're influencing that town, that city, that nation. This is what you're a part of. This is what God wants us to do. God doesn't want us to just have a hand. See, when, what, what God wants to do through you is way bigger than you. Pastor Earl puts it this way. He says, the vision, it's bigger than any one of us, but it takes all of us. That's the vision of this church. This vision is not limited to what you see here. The vision is not limited to St. Augustine. The vision is not limited to Puerto Rico. It's beyond what we see because it's vision, not sight. Even if we just were moved by sight, we could say, wow, that looks pretty big. Looks like y'all are doing a pretty good job. But it's even bigger than that. You can't comprehend the vision that God gives you. 
But as you walk in it and run with it day in and day out and put your hand to the plow and do what God has called you to do, you get to be a part of everything this ministry is doing. I don't feel disconnected at all from what's happened in Puerto Rico because I know that I am connected there spiritually, in prayer, applying faith with them. I don't feel disconnected when I see a team come back and goes, oh, man, I guess I, you know, I didn't get to do anything. No, I get to do that. Every time I send finances there, every time that I give in this offering, it's going towards sending people overseas to be able to do the work that God's called us to do. We have a video real quick that we want to play from this last trip, Nicaragua. I'll, I'll play it. It's got text on it, which is very hard to see. But I will explain what you're seeing uh, after the video. Go ahead and play it. Amen. We're always advancing. 
Amen. Uh, this trip was different than any other trip that the team has made out to Nicaragua. Um, this trip was meant to do a lot of construction and uh, uh, build more shelters, more classrooms for these men. What they do is they go through a program, um, and there's classes that they're taught and, and uh, taught the kingdom of God. Uh, you know, we, we send people there just to specifically teach like I did in March, but this trip was one of those where uh, we were there to do a lot of construction, electrical work, building things, welding, doing whatever it takes. And just to let you know, we'll be part of those. So if you have any knowledge in building, construction, or you have a hand that you can put to that, we'll be making those trips as well because there's work that needs to be done. But this time, they didn't do any of that. They found themselves uh, in, for different reasons, uh, regarding Uncle Frank and, and the state of the the uh, the uh, you know the state of Peniel right now, um, they ended up just finding themselves ministering to men. That's what the text said. They went to do construction, have long hours, late nights, but they found themselves that they weren't constructing houses and buildings and shelters. They were constructing men's lives because there's men there that need to be influenced for the kingdom of God. And so we've had a direct connection with Uncle Frank in this ministry in particular, and we will continue to. In fact, um, I believe that they actually stated this last time that they went that they're pretty much accepting Pastor Earl as their pastor because there is no pastor there. Uncle Frank is not a pastor. That's not his call. He's a businessman who has taken businesses and money that he receives from those businesses to funnel this, and he's built all that himself. He's never asked for a dime. He's never asked for people to give towards it. He has funneled all the resource from his businesses to build this because he was a man when he was young that came off the streets doing all kinds of different things. And God saved his life, and so now he's wanting to save other people. But there's leadership there and teams that can help him lead those men and teach those classes that they have to be developed. I'll be going back myself the second week of December. Right now, we have tentatively scheduled to go back and to teach once again. And we'll be doing that on a regular basis because God has called us to these different areas to do this work. We'll have trips where we go and we do construction. And we'll be taking people with us. We'll just go down and hook up with the team that's already going from St. Augustine and send more people than what went. This one was 16 people. How many more could we send if we get men and women to go and minister from here and take a week? Those people that you saw, they didn't get granted special vacation time from their jobs. They didn't go to their boss and say, hey, I already know I took vacation earlier this year, um, you know, but I, I need to go do it. Oh, man, you're doing the work of God. Yeah, you can go. Do no, they didn't get special pr provision. They took their family vacation time and traveled and did work for the ministry and for the kingdom of God. And so this is the sacrifice and this is the effort that comes in running with the vision. It's necessary. No one person can do it alone. My wife and I are not going to grow this church because we're just such awesome pastors and we just are so powerfully anointed. 
It's going to be because people come alongside us and hook up with the vision. We write it plain. We make it clear so that you can run with it. And you say, you know what? I want to hook up with that. On August 25th, we will have a vision partnership class. That is what you would call at any other church, membership class, to hook up and be a part of what God has called you to do. If God has called you to be a part of what God is doing here at Anchor Faith Church, you believe this is your church home, and church home doesn't mean that's just where I go on Sundays and Wednesdays. That means this is where I place my investment. This is where I am uh, in partnership with and making contributing efforts towards the work that God is doing through Anchor Faith Church. We don't call it membership. There are things that I'm a member of that I don't even think twice about. There are things that I'm a member of and I don't bring any, I'm no asset to them. They don't know that I'm a member and I don't even remember that I am a member of whatever it is. This isn't membership. We call it partnership. And partnership is twofold. So not only are you hooking up with us and what God is doing through this church and becoming a partner in that. But partnership means we bring something to you. And when you partner with something, it goes both ways. So you contribute financially. You contribute in your attendance. You contribute in your service to the church and in serving in different areas. You contribute by getting a, getting a hold of the vision that is beyond what we have here. And then we contribute in prayer for you. I pray for every single vision partner in this church and every single person that is hooked up with this church at least once a week, if not more. I take that time, and I call names out. I don't just say, Father, I thank you for all of our vision partners. I have a list, and I can call out your name, and I can see your face, and some of you I may know things specifically that you're going through, and others I may just say, whatever it is that they are believing you for, I pray that it's coming to them. We're here for you. We can meet any time. We can be an asset to your life. We can help you grow and help you develop. The Bible says when one hurts, they all hurt. And when one's rejoicing, we're all rejoicing. We're connected. We're your pastors. We're your shepherd. We're here to help you grow. We're we're here to help you get direction and guidance. You should never have to make an important decision in your life by yourself ever again. You have spiritual guidance from now on. Should I take this job? Is it God's will to do this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this person? We're here for that. Guidance and direction. Jesus placed such a great emphasis on the pastor. Yeah, there's, uh, there's four more listed there. But Jesus was the true shepherd, a pastor. Because he knows Every single person needs a pastor. You may not always need a prophet. You may not always need a teacher or an evangelist, but you must have a pastor. And that's in the Bible. I know it sounds self-serving and I'm up here trying to draw you to me, but this has nothing to do with me. This has nothing to do with the name on the building and the sign standing up there. This has to do with hooking up with what God has called us to do in this city to ignite the city. The exciting thing about that entity is that no matter where you're at, you're igniting a city. We ignite St. Augustine. We ignite Valdosta. We ignite Umacao. We ignite La Conquista. 
we're impacting a nation. This is not the only church that will ever be planted in this nation. And this nation, our home, needs Jesus more than ever. Needs the kingdom more than ever. Needs to understand the culture of the kingdom more than ever. And we're influencing this world. We're influencing the area that God has called us to have the greatest influence in. Pastor in October will be taking Pastor Marcus with him and a couple other people, and they'll be going to India, making influence, ministering to almost 500 pastors, I think it is, who then will go back to their congregations and share what we've shared with them. We're making influence around the world. Most people only train themselves to live by what they see. So many people die and never reach their full capacity, never reach the full ability that God has given them. We are here to help you reach that individually, to help you find your purpose, to help you discover God's plan for your life. And then you are here to help us continue to do the work of igniting the city, impacting the nation, and influencing the world. There's so many ways. You can't limit God. Standing here with a microphone in your hand is such the smallest form of ministry. Ministry, the word itself, doesn't mean have a microphone and stand in front of a bunch of people. Ministry means serve, service. Jesus himself said, I have come not to be served, but to serve. The greatest servant of all, the one who had the full right to stand up and say, I'm king, bow down and worship me and serve me. And he didn't do that. He came and said, I'm here to contribute to your life. I'm here to invest in your life. And so now we can take the investment that's been made in our life and invest it in other people. We tell people all the time where a great investment is made, a great demand can be made. If I go to the bank tomorrow and I deposit $100, I can't walk in on Tuesday and say I want $1,000. You can only demand what's been invested. But we're here to make an investment in your life, and we know one day we'll be able to draw on that investment, we'll be able to receive a return on the investment that Jesus expected out of the three that he gave a talent to. So don't bury it. Don't dig a hole and put it away. Let the contribution and the effort and the investment that's being made in your life, let us draw on that and help ignite this city, impact this nation, and influence the world. This vision is greater than all of us, but it takes every single one of us. This vision goes far beyond what we see today, and today is far beyond what we saw 10 years ago. But we are excited about hooking up and running with the vision that God has given. It's not about a man. It's not about an organization. It's not about a ministry. It's about what God ultimately wants to do through and in our lives. Amen? Father, we thank you for this word today. We thank you for the vision that you have assigned to us, that you have given us, Father. There is nothing more important 
than what is in, what you what you're interested in. We don't have priorities other than your priorities. Later on in Matthew chapter 16, you looked at Peter because he responded to you saying what the rest of your walk and your path was going to be. And he said, Lord, may it not be so. May you not go to that cross. May they not persecute you and do the things that you're saying they're going to do. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, you are not interested in what God is interested in. You have taken on man's interest. Father, today we don't want to be interested in anything outside of what you're interested in. Our concern is your will, your purpose, your plan. May we rid ourselves of anything that is self-serving and may we find ourselves going wholeheartedly after the purpose and plan that you have called us to. There may be five-fold ministers in here today. There may be missionaries. There may be evangelists. There may be teachers. But you know what? We do have husbands. We do have wives. We do have sons and daughters and mothers and fathers. We have employees and employers. We have co-workers and we have people that can make influence right where we're at today. And Father, you said if we be faithful with little, you'll make us a ruler over much. So Father, we want to align ourselves with your will for us today. We want to hook up with the vision. That may mean changing a diaper. That may mean cleaning up some juice. That may mean going on a youth trip. That may mean serving as an usher and shaking a hand and telling someone hello. That may mean playing an instrument or running a computer. Father, those are different assignments that you have given us to run with the vision. Father, we don't want to stand with the vision. We don't want to walk with the vision. We don't want to go backwards with the vision. We want to run advancing the kingdom of God. The work that you've called us to do, it's so great. Father, we're honored just to be a part of it. We're honored just to be able to put our hand to something. And we won't limit you. We won't limit your call. We won't limit your will and your purpose for our life. We will do whatever you call us to do. You said in Colossians 3.23, do everything, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Father, we know that ultimately we're serving you every time we shake that hand, every time we clean up that juice, every time we change that diaper. We're serving you, Father. And so we ask today, how can we hook up with the vision? How can we run with the vision? How can we make influence in our communities, in this nation, around the world for the kingdom of God? We're open to your plan and your purpose. We thank you for this word and everything that you're doing in and through us. We thank you for the ministry that's taking place here. We thank you for the service that's taking place in St. Augustine. We thank you for the work that's being done in Nicaragua. Father, we thank you for the team that's in Puerto Rico right now as we speak. Father, I thank you that you're drawing people, that you're strengthening Pastor Arnell and Vanessa and their children to continue to run with the vision there, Father, that we won't become weary in well-doing, but we will be excited because we're igniting a city for the kingdom of God one person at a time, one child at a time, one father at a time, one husband, one mother and wife, Father. We thank you for the work that's being done there. You cause it to grow exceedingly. You, you cause what, what we're doing in the natural that you'll cause it to expound in the supernatural. 
We thank you for everything you're doing in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.